Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... So tell us, how did you end up in Denmark? Curious. It's a beautiful country also. I I remember being a young, I was 15, 16 years old. I went up to the North Sea for the first time. Stunning, stunning place. Very cool. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's kind of the question that I ask myself almost on a a daily basis. It's part of being in the grind of, of being in startups and stuff. But yeah, I had spent most of my adult career, I was Hitting the age of 30. And um, yeah, I, I was not thrilled with my lot in life. I was out in Washington, D.C. And I got lucky enough where a friend of mine invited me to a London wedding. And I had a very brief stopover for two and a half days out in Copenhagen. And uh, I kind of looked around and was like, I, I can do this. And one of the, the funny adages that I used to say <laughs> in my earliest days was basically, you know, if you don't like beautiful cities, biking and beautiful women, it's probably not for you. I like that. So that's why you <laughs> that's why you you decided to have a two and a half day layover for that reason. You're just thinking no. of Copenhagen. Why not? Oddly enough, I, I had a buddy uh, that was living out here, and I had already kind of posted on Facebook that I was going, and he reached out and said, "You know, it's only thirty dollars round trip to go from London to Copenhagen." And I'm like, "That's more." That's cheaper than a bus ticket to go to like Philly from DC, and it's a plane ride. And he's like. Yeah, welcome to Europe. Why don't you come by? So I did. Amazing. So nice. Randy's been in 130 countries. Have you wow. Been in oh, yes, absolutely. But that was back in the, probably back in the late 80s I was there. It was the last time I was there. But I remember I, my wife and I sold everything we had, jumped on a plane, got off the plane in London and said, here we are now, what do we do? Um, and that's the way we started our, our traveling. So that was pretty cool. But Copenhagen, beautiful city. Totally agree with you. I could live there. Yeah. You should have dropped some money on real estate while you're out here. It's gone up like exponentially. Back in the day, you could probably get a two-bedroom apartment for five raspberries. So Yeah, or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unreal. Uh, you know, it's like $300,000 uh, US to get basically a really small one-bedroom in an apartment. So like, it, it's unreal. Um, that sounds yeah. like Austin. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell cool. us tell us about your crazy, weird niche. So you are super well-known in Denmark. Uh, how does that feel? Uh, is it feel restricting? Does it feel great? Um, you're, a, you're a big fish in a little pond in the marketing world, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think when I was kind of hitting layers of frustration back in D.C., I was kind of waiting for that chance And I think if you kind of look back on your own career, you can really remember like this was the one job that somebody gave me that foot in the door or the right opportunity. It just hadn't happened in DC. And so, yeah, I had a couple of things that were sprouting from overseas. And and so I got that chance. And I always said like, when I look 
back, I think I was one of maybe 500 people that did what I did in the DC area. Out here, I'm, I'm maybe one of four. And so like you stand out really fast, which is cool. But then you don't realize that there's like an island effect. And I've learned from other people that have either lived in China or Japan or pretty much any kind of homogenized culture that they don't really like doing business with people that aren't them. And it's, it's cute, uh, but it's like, yeah, yeah, but we're going to spend our money with the guy that we know or the guy that looks like us. <laughs> I'm sure you're nodding. So like, I wonder, did you experience that with your maybe Germany or Italy the same way? Uh, well, I ended up, I was just essentially running an American business from Europe. Ah. So, but absolutely. Like, I, I think if I were to go and get a German client, it, it, you have to, you have to go through a whole lot of hoops and a whole lot of things. And it's also a very different marketplace because in Europe, it's much more by the hour and much more kind of clearance of the kind of rules focused. Whereas in the U S we're kind of just like, you know, throw stuff at the wall uh, in general. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's um, <clears throat> it's something that I didn't expect. And while it is challenging, it is nice every once in a while to kind of have those those big client wins or, or rewards. But yeah, I'm super aware that I probably would be doing better if I were 3,000 miles to the east. So. so 10 years down the road, looking back at today, you're going to leave Denmark, build a a scaling larger company that services the world. You're gonna are you gonna stay in Denmark, do more international business? What's the what's the plan? I don't know. I, I think I'm sure you guys can relate. You're running an international uh, you know uh, piece of media here. I do think that borders tend to disintegrate, especially where people have realized with COVID nineteen and all the other things, it is a lot easier to internationally kind of get out there. But ultimately, I still think that people are used to doing business face to face, and um, yeah. I think my my next kind of year is is trying to scale up what I've spent the last year and eight months building because what's the point of yeah spending so much awful just terrible hours building in the darkness while COVID nineteen is going down and and nothing is working and finally like the wave has kind of receded and things are starting to get back to normal it doesn't make sense to quit at like the you know the sun finally came out. You know, why would you run at that point? So I'm going to give it another six months to a year and, you know, um, screw them. If they don't like me, then, you know, maybe I'll just skip over to Germany for a few months. And if they don't like me there, I'll go to Italy or, or maybe London. Who knows? So I, I have a couple of questions. One is I may have missed it. You may have said it. But were you doing the marketing thing when you're in, in D.C. or were you doing something else? Yeah. Uh, so in DC, I had been working on uh, kind of a number of different projects. I started four different companies back there. Uh, and I had just had a falling out with one of my co-founders and begged for my job back at the Washington Post. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, have you ever gotten a job or gotten back into something? And then like, you kind of have that, oh, <laughs> like I got out of this for a reason. I really wanted to be away and you forget all the bad things until you're back in. It's like, this doesn't feel right or good. So yeah, I, I had done a lot of marketing, a, a lot of my own entrepreneurship stuff with other co-founders and it had worked out reasonably well. I just felt like I, I don't know, I needed a change uh, of scenery and, and figured that if I wasn't going to go at the age of 29 and uh, you know a couple of days, then I probably wouldn't ever do it. So you know, call it what you want, maybe wanderlust. I mean, everybody here seems like they've kind of 
gotten up and, and left at some point. Was there was there a reason for you guys? Like, or is it just well, is it like a slow decision over time? Being, being Australian, it's part of our culture that uh, everybody around between the ages of eighteen and twenty-two will just go walk about and wander off. Nice. Most of them for like three to six months. I wandered for six years, so <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. But I'm still wandering, so. So that's that's interesting. So, you know, you're thirty-ish. Thirty-five. Yeah, well, that was close to ish. Thirty-five. <laughs> still young. I mean, I I've got thirty years on you. So look forward thirty or forty years. And where do you think your legacy is going to be? What do you think it's going to be? And that people are going to look back at you and say, "Here's Taylor. He was the best marketer ever." Or are they going to look back at you and say, "Here's Taylor. He's the the guy that changed the world? I don't know. Um, that's a fair question. I, I Are we allowed to use uh, colorful language? Okay. Yes. Cool. So, like, one of the things that I, I always kind of spoke out about when I was either having interviews, which is not the right place to say it, or just in general when people would ask me the general question of, like, what do you want to do with life? It's, I just want to work on cool shit. Like, I want to work on the things that nobody gets to touch. The stuff mm-hmm. where you have to have a clearance badge or you need to be the the tip of the spear and, and basically know everything within your field to just get mm-hmm. a chance to, to sit with smart people. And I'm not quite there yet. You know, every once in a while, like, I'm sure we've all had those meetings where you step away from a sit down, whether it's a coffee or a beer or even, you know, a sparring session. And you're like, wow, that guy was sharp. Like, there's something there. And I've always aspired to have that. Now, there is no finish line to it. I don't see myself ever just kind of like hanging it up and retiring and chilling on a beach. Like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, I would go nuts. <laughs> like, I'm just, I have too many things that I want to do. So I, I figure, yeah, getting a chance to work on things that are continuously surprising and, and kind of change the way that I look at the world and people is is where I want to be. But Ultimately, to have some form of, yeah, residual income would be really nice. So I'm building things that are scalable alongside building something that's a really bad idea. Uh, and that's something that is unscalable, like a marketing agency. So what I think is really interesting is you, you used this phrase, building in the darkness, which is a beautiful way to describe entrepreneurship, founding a company, being at the top of a leadership ladder, all these, it's just that, and you actually said awful. So like this awful building in the darkness, um, you've built something cool, but I almost want to have us jump to the side a minute and say like, you've done a, something cooler than I think 99 out of a hundred folks in your position or any of our positions, right? The two of us are just also weird, but that internationality, the weird experience, all the strange, uh, you are a thought leader, you are intuitive, you are quirky and weird. So I think what I, what would be really interesting for me is to, to think to Madeline Lengel, uh, a wrinkle in time, like the idea of, okay, time is a, a straight line or, you put the line together and you can just kind of jump, right? She called it tessellate or something. Okay. Um, but if you think about the next 30 years of your career, you can do this straight line. And a lot of people are thinking about that. Like, oh, I'm just going to do the next thing. I got to scale the business. So I got to follow the process, do this and that. And I'm almost thinking like, well, you've got COVID, which has got the entire world on a dime. 
why not jump the shark? Is that what the kids are saying? Or, or something, right? Like, you know, tussle it. <laughs> the old Fonzie, <laughs> yeah. All the kids these days, the millennials and the Generation Z, they're, they're bringing up the Fonzie move. <laughs> it's, but what I would say is just how do you, how do you, I would almost encourage you the next year to two to three years to flip your brain and say, how do I position myself as a thought leader, become the speaker, become the author, become the podcaster, whatever works, whatever sort of catches. And from there, platform a dozen businesses. It could be the one you've already built, but at different marketplaces, see what catches because you've got, you've got fire in a bottle. It's just, uh, how's it, how's it going to work? Yeah. I, and I really appreciate that. And thank you. I, I, I think I, I understand where you're going and, and often uh, maybe the other metaphors, we don't come up for air very often because we're so busy, you know, and uh, I, I definitely can catch that with, you know, I, on very rare occasions, we'll catch up with old business partners. And it's just wild to see, you know, versions of me when I'm not busy, having somebody go, dude, you need to chill out. Like you're, you're definitely over overexerting and like that's that's not like, conductive to any type of real success and so yeah I, I definitely think a lot of people are kind of in that zone i don't know i'm hoping that like when things kind of smooth out from covid19 things get a little more regular but i i definitely see where you're you're going it's just it's not something that i necessarily have the luxury to kind of sit and ponder on those things and maybe i should be doing more of that so yeah we're we're reaching the end of our time i just wanted to say a couple of things here. I really love that you want to stay at the sharp end of things. You want to get to the sharp end of things, be in the room with the smartest people. Um, I've built a career out of being at the forefront of industries. I was CFO of a company in the internet game when people were saying internet was just a fad. <laughs> I was the CFO of the space of a, of a space company when people were saying nobody but governments can fly to space. I was CFO of a small um, cryptocurrency company. Small, small only, what, 50 million market cap? <laughs> yeah, they, they actually reached $2 billion market cap while I was Yeah, sm- tiny, tiny. Just a small yeah. one. The, the internet company reached a $6.6 billion market cap. That's one we took to Wall Street. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just none of that happened by happenstance. It all happened because I grew to love being the guy behind the industry. So I would search for roles where I was not necessarily in front, but I was part of the pointy end of that spear. And so it took patience, it took planning, it took a lot of thought about what what industry is coming up next and how do I get to be a part of that. And you at, at 35 are in a perfect position to be able to do that. So the way that you're going to be able to do that easier is to build up your own authority in within marketing, which is fine, but also with your general thought leadership and becoming somebody that people turn to and say, this guy thinks this way. Because as soon as people start to understand how you think, then you become interesting to them. If they don't mm-hmm. understand that, you become like everybody else. So don't be afraid to be authentically you because you're an exciting guy. You're an interesting guy. Yeah, let the world see that. Damn, fellas, you just took my entire afternoon into a totally different trajectory. This was interesting. Didn't expect that. (laughs) I'll take it. Well, good. 
So yeah. um, thank you yeah. for the insight. What we try uh, to do. It's definitely refreshing. I appreciate that. So where can folks inside Denmark and outside Denmark find you? I mean, if we have some Danish listeners, hey, call this guy up. He's one of the four most brilliant marketers <laughs> in the space in Denmark. But outside like, of Denmark, where do yeah, you exist? I've, I've kind of given Danes a, a bit of a hard time on here, but no, honestly, it's where I live and it's been really great. There's only one Taylor Ryan in all of Denmark. So uh, if you look me up on LinkedIn, you can find Taylor Ryan. I'm uh, the guy running Clint, which is uh, my marketing agency, Clint Marketing, do growth hacking, growthsecrets.org, which is my online masterclass. I run Architecture Quote, which is a SaaS tool for architects, and TaylorRyan.io, which is basically, yeah, like workshops. I just did one for Hype Sports Innovation about 20 minutes before I got on with you guys on pitching hacks. And I don't know, hands on a lot of things. So we'll see what happens. Like baseball pitching, like curveball, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, except, you know, it's to people and instead of a ball, it's your company. It's a little different, but, you know, same idea. Nice. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. I think there's no doubt you're headed the right direction. Thanks, guys. And really great meeting you as well. It's been great talking with you, Taylor, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Sounds great. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting. And this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast. And we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says, take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right. Take care. Have a good life. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.